Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to Man on the Force Weekend Review. My name is Dave and this week I'm joined by Simon. How's it going? Good, thank you. And I'm also joined by Chris. Yeah, we won a game so I decided to come back. That's how it works. And yet me and Si have been here through relegations and all sorts. But you know what? <laughs> One of these days you'll know that pain. Uh, although admittedly no time soon, it would seem. Um Gentlemen, we've just had um, the last weekend before the national break. Um, I was just lamenting before we started recording. It's been quite interesting, really. But uh, now we have to go two weeks of not interesting football. Um, I mean, I'm not excited for the football ashes on Friday night. <laughs> um, so let's, let's crack on with, with Saturday's games, which started with Luton Town nil, Tottenham Hotspur 1. Um, Many people expected Tottenham to run right in this um, with Ange Ball, whatever you want to call it. Um, but Luton put a bit of a fight. Um, who wants first stab at this? Is it me or Tottenham not as good as everyone keeps saying they are? <laughs> uh, do you think they're just playing like really bang average teams every week? I mean, oh. I mean they've played all right against yourselves, Chris, but mm-hmm. generally they're not really they're not really yeah. played like you know great Don't teams. Don't get me wrong, they could have been like 3 4 0 up at half time in this game. But Luton could have also have won this game 2 3 0 as well. They both, I think they both missed equally poor chances. I think the Richarlison miss and the one from Mapenzu, is it? Oh, yeah. Practically identical. Like Mapenzu tackled himself. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, and everyone's raving about Spurs and this Ange ball. But I know they went down to 10 men for Basuma being an absolute idiot. Um, but I, I really was not impressed with them. Ma- Madison, again, looks all right, but again, he, it's against Luton. He's just got the freedom of, of the ground, hasn't he? It's kind of how they seem to set up, though, isn't it? Like they, give, um, they give Madison the freedom of the city. They uh, they put Son as like the number nine, um, and at the minute, it seems to be Richarlison, who's got the old left-wing gig, but uh, I don't think that's sustainable, really. Um not against, should we say, better teams. Um, Tottenham obviously went down to 10. Basuma got sent off for second yellow for simulation. Um, we don't see enough of that, do we? Yeah, he pulled out his, uh, his best patch of Bamford there, didn't he? <laughs> he certainly did. Why would, um, why would you do that when you're on a second yellow card? And it, it, it wasn't even that long after he'd had his first one as well. Was it? I, I may have remembered this wrong. It wasn't even in the box, was it, from... Oh, no. no. He's on the edge of the box. He's a couple of yards outside. So, like, I mean, if you're going to do it, <laughs> normally you see that they're, they're trying to win a penalty, but it's for a free kick. Like, just yeah. 
Yeah. Very, 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 very hard. Well, he also might say, like, maybe, you know, 1-0 down with 20 minutes to go and he's struggling a yeah. bit. Yeah. Not 0-0 not <laughs> half, approaching half-time against Luton. <laughs> I mean, that's, I would say, it's the worst thing Bruce has ever done, but it's not. So, um... Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely not. <laughs> um, he uh, got away with it because in the second half, Tottenham scored through Mickey van der Ven, I think that's his name. Um, I mean, it was just a short corner. I wouldn't say it was like a poacher's finish or anything. He was just in the right place at the right time. Um, do we leave, do, can we read anything in this game? Do we, any great conclusions we've garnered from watching Luton I mean, Maybe not specifically from the game itself, but like Tottenham, I think... It's, uh, I'm pretty sure I've heard that it's the, the best ever start to a Premier League season. Now, like, admittedly, they haven't maybe had the toughest run of games. Although, obviously, they did play away at Arsenal and um, Liverpool last week. Um, they, they've they been better than I expected them to be. I, I thought it was going to be a bit of a disaster just because they were so, so bad last season. And obviously lost Kane as well. Um, but I think... In, they, they've had a, like, a really good start, obviously, and not having European football, I, I think, will probably benefit them as, as the season goes on. Like Madison is a really, really good player. I, I think I said a few weeks ago, I was quite surprised that for £40 million, it was seemingly only Tottenham that were kind of in for him. I'm, I'm quite shocked that none of the teams that finished above Spurs last season went for him. Um, he did, I boy did really well for the goal. You know, it's pretty much the same sort of turn he did on, on Saka the other week as well. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's been a good start for them, but I suppose they their squads does look like one or two injuries would maybe cause a few problems for them as the season goes on. But, um, yeah, I, like, you, you can't really fault it. The, t- typically, Tottenham, with those run of fixtures... Like, in seasons gone by, we'd find a way to spurs it up, wouldn't they? And, and they haven't done so far. So, I've got to say, I've been, I've been more impressed with them than I thought I was going to be. Just just for um, reference, I'm pretty sure that last season, Tottenham were in a very similar situation after seven, this eight is, games. This is very true. And yes. they, were, they were talking about winning the league then. <laughs> um, and, you know, not for, you know me with any bias of any kind, but they, that, that, they, that didn't happen. <laughs> and they actually went on quite a bad run at one stage and managed to claw things back towards the end of the season. But pundits, I've seen, I think on match today, they said that um, they've got more than teams with more than 20 points at this stage of the season after eight games, uh, mostly go on to win the title. So that's a good sign for one part of North London because <laughs> we know that Spurs won't do it. <laughs> no. Well, pro- well, probably not. I mean, m- momentum goes a long way in football, but. I just feel like they will have, probably have tougher games to come. I mean, well, they will have tougher games than this, but um, being a bit fortunate, obviously Liverpool had a, fair, you know, a, a good goal disallowed uh, and obviously finished with nine men and eventually Tottenham won to their own goal. Um, they beat a very poor Man United team early on in the season. They did do well against Arsenal, but again, Arsenal lost Rice at half-time and Someone else, if I'm not mistaken. Chris, you'll know, but I'm sure we, you had a, a few went off injured. Um, but, the main one. but anyway, you can only beat what's in front of you, and generally they're doing that. So for the time being, 
Tottenham Hotspur top of the league. Um, let that sink in for two whole weeks. Um, <laughs> elsewhere on Saturday, um, Burnley won, Chelsea four. Um, not a massive surprise in terms of, you know, Burnley aren't very good and Chelsea should be <laughs> reasonably good compared to where they have been. Um, I think it's down to click now for Chelsea. That's two wins in a row. I mean, I think it's probably jumping the gun to say that, you know, everything's all rosy now. They've they beaten a very poor Fulham team. And, you know, even the Chernobyl kids scored in that game, that should tell you the state that Fulham <laughs> at the moment. And they've beaten a Burnley team that I've not seen anything from them to suggest that they'll be as fine as some people seem to think they will be. Although, Dan, Danny Murphy has them, has them more than secure from his comments yeah, on Saturday night, which was bizarre. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a fun, like, I think I, I said a, a couple of weeks ago, after they'd, in their first five games, obviously they lost to City, to us, um, Tottenham, Man U, and yourselves. And you, like, I, I said at that time that, you know, that that's a, tough run of fixtures that they've had and then obviously Chelsea you know who haven't been great but that's, that's still a game you'd expect Burnley to lose I think they've kind of they have been a bit unfortunate in that they seem to have had a lot of the teams you'd expect to be finishing around the top seven top eight right at the start of the season but the problem is and I think you made the point Dave when, when I said that the other week that yeah, as we all know momentum like you just said then about Spurs momentum goes a long way in football and it it's it's difficult that you know they're, they're coming into a run of fixtures. They've got Brentford, Bournemouth, um, Palace is the next three. They're games that you'd probably be looking at them to try and take points from. But it's difficult to to get out of you know once you're in that run of constantly losing games when you're already you know lacking Premier League experience and maybe you know, you'll have a bit of self-doubt about yourself. It's difficult to... It could be difficult for them to, to turn it around. They're going to need to pick up quickly. As I say, I've seen nothing so far to suggest that they're, they're going to cause too many teams too many problems. No, I don't agree with you. Chris, do you... Can you see any late at the end of the tunnel for Burnley? I don't know. They, started, they did start this game quite well, didn't they? And, you know, they carved out some chances, but... As soon as Chelsea woke up, which, you know, it's about time they did, yeah, they, 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 it, it was over, wasn't it? And it, I think it shows how, what a difference Raheem Sterling on his day makes uh, to Chelsea as well. But, yeah, I, I'm not sure about Burnley. Like, that obviously, the company's gone in there and transformed them into this, like, passing team, which the people of Burnley must wonder what the hell is doing. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it, unfortunately, it's not working. You do see this, don't you? You see teams that come up from the Championship who've, who've played decent football come up and try and continue it, and it, it just doesn't work. I think Norwich were the last yeah. to really try it. Um, and you do see the teams that come up that are, are the most successful are the ones who bring something that a lot of the Premier League clubs aren't expecting, like the, you know, the big physical games, um, like, like Sheffield United have done in the past and are failing so miserably at this time around. <laughs> Yeah, that's probably fair to say. I think, um, as you mentioned, Sterling being on form is a big thing. And also, Cole Palmer, I think, um, is a good signing for them. Uh, I really quite like what I've seen of him. But I'm, I'm still amazed Man City let him go. I am, to be honest, um, given yeah. the need for like homegrown players in such in European squads. I know they've got like the world's greatest academy spitting out robot after robot, but like surely 
this guy had been like sort of cockteasing the team quite a lot over the last couple of years. Scored the winner, in the, well, not the winner, the goal in the Charity Shield before they lost on pens. Um, and then he just gets sold to, I wouldn't say a rival, but you know, a club that could feasibly rival them if they got their shit together. Um, yeah, odd. Only for, only for like 20 million as well. Is that all it was? Pretty sure it was only about 20 million. Goodness which, me. You know, I reckon they could have definitely got a lot more for him. Considering the money Chelsea have been paying for players. Well, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, the mystery couldn't, there. Couldn't, couldn't leave the look when the, when the wheel landed on 20 for that one. That's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> um, let's move on to as soon as you mention them, Chris. Let's do um, Fulham three, Sheffield United one. Um, game marred by a terrible injury to Chris Basham. Um, oh, that's horrible, that. Oh, I haven't, seen, I haven't seen the injury. Oh, I mean, it, 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 match of the day, yeah, match of the day didn't show it, and I didn't search it. But I was getting texts off people on Saturday afternoon asking me if I'd seen it, and I, 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 was, I, made, I was busy. I made a so. mistake last night of um, of looking at it on Twitter, like. Genuinely, I, I, I was nearly sick. Like, I, honestly, it's, it's fucking yeah, horrible. Yeah, And I think he's, he's like, he's, what, is he like 34, 35? You can't yeah, think that. They're, that's, they're that's saying it. he won't play again, aren't they? Yeah, it's really hard. I feel really sorry for him. Is, he, is it his ankle? I'm guessing his ankle's become detached. Mm, well, I mean, I mean feet, feet shouldn't point that way. So yeah. whatever, whatever's broken to get it that way needs yeah. fixing. Um, I was talking about this today. Like somebody was saying, "Oh, he'll never play again." Like once, once the once the foot turns like that. But what I remember, I'm, I think it was Eduardo's injury that the reason yes. he was able to get back was because his ankle completely detached and there yeah. was no break. No break. So I mean, they could just literally pin it back together and let it heal. Was it um, Andre Gomez from Everton who son? Nearly. Yes, it was. Yes. Yeah. And everyone thought he was finished, but he actually was out for two months. Because, as you say, like if the and will say like it's a clean break, then it's not so bad to put that together. Maybe. Don't know. Yeah, it's it's as if the ankle bones separate rather than like the tibia or the fibia break, mm. like like you seen with like Luke Nillis and David Boost and stuff, where mm. like the there's a full fracture. Um, where the bone completely snaps and breaks the skin and oh god, um, but yeah, I haven't I haven't seen this, so I didn't know how bad it was. But it was described to me by somebody as the worst football injury they've ever seen, and I was like, okay, I've seen some pretty bad ones in the last like twenty years, so I'm not sure. I definitely don't want to look at this. You're listening to yeah. the, the Casualty Podcast with uh, Dave, <laughs> Dave, Chris, and uh, and Sai. Um, so Chris Basham's bad luck aside. Um, Fulham end up winning this game 3-1. Um, again, not a surprising result. Um, Fulham were poor, very poor, against Chelsea last Monday, was it? Um, but this is not really a test, is it? Sheffield United are abysmal and only heading one way. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I can add anything yeah. to that. No, it's, uh, they went full defensive in this game as well, didn't they? They went five at the back and everything it still did nothing. Was William was man of the match. Which I think tells you everything. But, well, again, uh, the odd scenario in match of the day on Saturday night where Danny Murphy just expressed his love for William. For, <laughs> yeah, for like he, he's going on like he doesn't look 30, 33, does he? He's been, he's been outstanding. I was like, did you not see the time when he was like... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that was conveniently forgotten about. The, t- the three years he lost of his career where he just t- couldn't be bothered and then somehow came back. I, I was confused. I swear that over the summer he, one, signed for Forrest, two... Signed for Saudi Arabia, and then obviously somehow ended up back at Fulham. Yeah, I know they re-signed him. Well, he, he that, that, did run out, and it, it was announced he was leaving. Well, either way, 
he's Danny Murphy's in love with him. Um, which is, <laughs> yeah. Um, there was the, always the always unfortunate uncle where Tom Kearney hit a nice shot which hit the bar and came down and hit. Uh, mm-hmm. Poor we old. call it an Emmy Martinez in this. Uh, uh, oh oh boy. <laughs> No, it's a great goal by Kenny though. Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so that's that's Fulham. Uh, I still don't think they're very good, but um, there are uh, many teams worse than them. Uh, one of which we're about to discuss. We're probably possibly two even about to discuss. But Everton three, Bournemouth nil. Um, Carl uh, will be delighted, and no doubt, I'm surprised he didn't make his return tonight. Actually, but um, Everton. Battered Bournemouth to death here. Uh, it was not not even a contest at all at any point. Looking at the the, the highlights in this one, um, Jack Harrison um, doing bits for Everton. Really, he hasn't really featured much since he signed, but now he's fit. I think he's a good signing. Uh, Chris, do you, do you like Jack Harrison? Yeah, he looks all right. I said the, bit, the the few bits I'd seen of him before because he was wasn't he at Man City at one point? Yes. It was at Man City, then it was on loan somewhere. New York, no less. That's it. And then he was at Leeds. And, um, yeah, I've liked what I've seen of him. Um, I know Ross isn't, like, a big fan of him, but I think I think he's had some fitness problems. Um, but, yeah, he, he, he looked really good. And to be, to be fair, Everton looked all right. But, again, I, yeah, like you said, I don't think Bournemouth were, were very good either. It's really weird because... I said a few weeks ago that I liked what Bournemouth were trying to do. You could tell they were trying something. You know, and again, it's like a change in play from from how they'd been playing previously with this new manager coming in. But then against us last week, they were they were they were so passive; mm. it was unbelievable. <laughs> and and it was and you kind of you can kind of understand that a little bit when when you're playing against one of the big boys. You know that can happen. But yeah, Everton. You know they're not one of the big boys with all respect. They put, they did play really well. But like Dominic Calvert Lewin is plucking balls out of the air in the you know in the eighteen yard box against Jack. You know, yeah, they, they were again. They were just passive again, and I thought Bournemouth would do all right this season. But yeah, they're they're looking really bad, and I, without changing the style of play dramatically, or suddenly this new style of play clicking for them, I don't know if it's going to work. Well, the one question I was going to ask though, so they signed Alex Scott, didn't they? Yeah, I think he's, he's injured because he, yeah. he hasn't played a single minute for them yet. He um, is, yes. Because I thought I'd imagined it because I only because I remember like. Um, Wolves fans were going crazy because they were trying they were linked with him and then couldn't get any money and it panicked for the reason that Lopetego left uh, and obviously he's re- really highly rated when he was at Bristol City and I thought I'd imagine that he'd gone to Bournemouth so I actually have I actually googled it <laughs> over the weekend uh, and it showed that he had moved there but hadn't made an appearance and I was like he, he must surely he must be injured because he would be brilliant in this kind of setup because he, he's a sort of player who can who, who can drive the play in a kind of the way that they want to do he, he does look like he could be the missing piece very similar to the way that David Brooks was at one point oh, yeah. um, but obviously he looks a little bit different at the moment because he's injury problems as well and health issues yeah yeah but yeah but I Bournemouth I don't I, I, I see trouble for them but Everton are looking like they're going in the right direction um, which you say yeah Carl will definitely be delighted with how long it lasts <laughs> well they've just got to be you know fourth worst haven't they like they don't have to be <laughs> they don't have to do much more than that um, until sort of the takeover is sorted out and we'll find out what direction they're going to go in the more that comes out about that takeover the, the less good it seems um, but who knows? Maybe it'll sort itself out. Um, Bournemouth, as you say, seem to be stuck between two stools, which is trying to move on from what they were doing um, and trying to, you know, move on to this, this new 
style of play. Uh, and at the minute, they're just nothing. They're an absolute nothing side. They, 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 they've signed quite attacking players as well, haven't they? Like, yeah, you know, they like nine or ten new signings. That like Kluivert kid's there, who's supposed to be quite good. Yeah, but not happened to them at all at the minute. Um, I said last week, I, I just think they're sleep, sleepwalking towards relegation um, because everyone's focused on, well, you know, the Burnleys of Luton to this world. Sheffield United, but Bournemouth haven't won a game yet. Um, they've just been battered 3-0 by with respect, one of the poorer teams in the league on on form this season, um, who, who you know lost at home to Luton two weeks ago. <laughs> like, that's what we're dealing with here. Um, I know every game's different, and Everton did play well here. Don't get us wrong, but uh, Bournemouth are atrocious right now. Um, the final game of Saturday is three o'clock. Um, so Man United somehow, somehow. <laughs> Win two one against Brentford. Um, they were average at best, if you've been kind, for ninety three minutes, uh, and then Scott McTominay scored twice. Uh, so si, how did Brentford lose this? Absolutely no idea. I mean, Brentford. We kind of touched on them, I think, a little bit last week, in that you know they've they've obviously not been picking up the results and. Quite few, other than the Everton defeat at home, every time I've seen them, they've actually looked like pretty decent, but are just not picking up the results at all. Like when they lost at your place the other week, mm. I actually thought they they played quite well. You know, in the first half, especially, I thought they they played reasonably well. Um, I've absolutely no idea how they managed to throw this away. I mean. The, the first half, I, I, I thought they, they, they were you know, pretty decent. Manu had a couple of sort of half chances as the game was wearing on, but you, I, I, you know, watching the highlights, you just couldn't see how this game was ending up as a Man United victory. I mean, you know, it was a bit of a hail mary chucking on McTominay, who seemed to play well for Scotland, um, and actually, I. He's one of those players. I, I I don't think he's as bad as some people would maybe have you think he is. So he, he's probably not at the level that Man United uh, should be at, you know. But I think he's a decent enough player. And he took his goals. He took the first one really well, I thought, to be fair. Um, but I think this is, from a United point of view, I'd say this is very much papering over the, the cracks for me. I mean, I'm still absolutely not convinced at all about Anana. You know, the the Brentford goal for me, he's got to be saving that. A, a properly good goalkeeper saves that. I mean, gone from... I mean, let's be honest. A semi-competent goalkeeper playing in like a Sunday league would save that. Yeah, I, Ol- I, I... Ol- Olsen saves that. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, let's let's not go crazy here. <laughs> but it was just, yeah, I, I'm not convinced of him at all. The there was a there was a moment in the second half when uh, Neil Mopay had, had that shot that Anana saved, and it's, I was kind of thinking, well, if Neil Mopay shots, so he's not going to go in, but it's that Anana, so it must be going in. So I, I didn't. It was a bit of a strange, <laughs> it was a bit of a strange one that. Um, yeah, United are still. I still think they're going to struggle to finish in the top six this season. And Brentford, like you say, they, I, I don't think they've played badly in games this season, but they're just not picking up the points. And 
I'd be, I, I think they'll probably be okay purely because, you know, I think there are at least three, if not four teams worse than them. But as the season goes on, it's, it could be a case of well, how long can you keep saying that for? I, say, I, I think Brentford will be all right. But Man United teams just aren't scared of them anymore. No. At all. And I say, unfortunately, I missed the show. I missed the last couple of shows. And but it was in my, in my notes for like last week. So like teams teams just don't uh, like teams get to Old Trafford and, and beat mm. them easily. You know, and you know, it, and they're not smash and grab wins. And then to see Man United grab a smash and grab win like this, Man United turned to the sort of football that I was talking about a few minutes ago. Like that that sort of pump the ball long, put your big man, your big men in the area and try and snatch a late draw. That that's what Man United have, have become. I, I thought um, Brentford were really good. Is it is it Elphick? The cent what the centre back? No. Uh, uh, you can have Pinnock or you can have Pinnock, that's it. Yeah. I thought he, he he's looked really good. He was really good in the game. But they yeah, they just, as soon as the ninetieth minute come they just seem to switch off. Because mm. Man United had a goal disallowed, didn't they, in the nineteenth minute? Yes they did, yeah. Because yeah. um, of Martial trying to, you know, clearly offside. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, it, it literally just seemed to be that, that Brentford switched off and undid all the, the hard work, unfortunately. And yeah, like I say, like I say, but Tom Lay's finish for the first was really good. And uh, yeah, and then they went on and you know smashed it at another one. And you, I think you can see how far Man United have fallen because I actually saw people referencing the Champions League final <laughs> nine on Saturday, and I was like, no, come on, man, you just snatched a, snatched a late win at Brentford. It's not, <laughs> not the same. I mean, the, the, celebrate, the, celebrate winning, it's fine, but you can't compare it <laughs> winning the Champions League. <laughs> the, the irony of uh, McTominay and Maguire combined for that winning goal after. Ten Hag tried to get rid of them all summer. Was, uh, oh God, yeah. We, have, we haven't even mentioned the fact that their starting centre back partnership was Johnny Evans and Harry Maguire. Yeah, and Lindelof at left back. Like, <laughs> God, how, how has any of this happened? <laughs> it's disgusting, really. But yeah, and Nana's also rubbish. I, I reckon they should uh, take a take a uh, a leap out of AC Milan's book and put Mark within <laughs> goal. Hey, Giroud showed incredible bravery. On uh, Saturday night. Have you, have, have you seen that they've actually registered, registered yes. him as a goalkeeper now? I did see that, yeah. <laughs> I just thought, wow. Oh, classic, I that. Classic Italian, Italian humour there. Um, well, Brentford have won once this season. That's what I mean. It's like, if you actually sort of watching uh, the couple of the games that have um, been live and sort of the highlights and match of the day and that. Actually, I think other than, as I say, that Everton game where they were well and truly done, I think they played pretty well in pretty much all the games I've, I've watched. But one win, and that was back in August, wasn't it? And, you know, they're, they're clearly missing Tony and Rico mm. Henry and obviously the goalkeeper as well. And, you know, Ben Mee's been missing. It's, yeah, it's, it, it wonder if there's a bit of a danger of complacency, sort of thinking, you know, we're established now as a decent Premier League team but it can quickly change yeah it can I mean the, the next game is at home to Burnley um, which they'll see as a real chance to start their season I would think so yeah. um, we're, we're fairly sure they'll be alright but uh, yeah. at, the, at the moment not a lot to shout about for the bees um, speaking of not a lot to shout about the Saturday 5.30 game so Crystal Palace draw 0-0 Nottingham Forest um <sighs> Quarter, I mean, quarter, quarter, quarter who, who on earth thought 
prime time Saturday. Yeah, Palace Forest. It's just an, an absolute classic quarter filler, isn't it? Like when you put a yeah. game on Saturday night, um, obviously they can't use any of the Thursday night European teams. Um, they obviously have Man City and Arsenal earmarked for half four. So hmm. where do you turn? You turn to Crystal Palace versus Nottingham Forest, which wouldn't have been as bad, except Crystal Palace have got all their flair players injured. So there was no one to do any flaring for them. And Nottingham Forest, for some reason, can't play away from Nottingham. Um, it just doesn't work. It doesn't happen. Hmm. Um, and thus we used pretty patterns for 90 minutes without scoring. Um, the highlight for me was... Um, Jason Murillo, striker stride now of the defence for Forrest, um, taking on all comers and missing at the end. But still, he <laughs> tried. That's all yeah. that matters. It was, it was Roy Hodgson's 400th game as a Premier League manager, though. So, I suppose, yeah. you know, that's something. Well, well, I aged 400 years watching it, so, I mean... <laughs> it, it had last on match of the day stamped all oh, over gotcha. it. Oh, uh, it was. Uh, you know what? I don't mind when it's a nil-nil on... Uh, on a Saturday, because as soon as like the second last game is finished, I'm like right bedtime. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't need to see it through after that. I can, uh, I can kind of see where the schedulers are coming from though, because <laughs> on, before the injuries, before seeing the lineups and everything, if you're planning this a few weeks in advance, you're thinking these are two teams that have got quite a few good young creative players. You know, you've got Gibbs White, Marillo, Danilo, you know, uh, Ilanga. Um, who else have they got? They've got another winger. Gibbs White and Hudson Adoy. And... Uh, Hudson Adoy, that's it. So, you know, you look at that and then you look at Elise, Eze, Mateta, uh, you know, Jordan Ayew, um, <laughs> uh, in, the, in the Crystal Palace lineup. And you think, okay, this could be, you know, one of those games that you wouldn't normally show that could be great, but then it could also be nil-nil. Um, <laughs> they took a gamble. They took a gamble. They took a gamble and it, 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 it uh... did Double zeros all round. Um, not a great, not a great game. Um, Palace won't care because, well, why would they? They are ninth. Nottingham Forest are thirteenth. So, um, great. A, a beautiful, beautiful evening of football. Right, Sunday was more entertaining. Um, the TV fair saw Brighton draw two to Liverpool. Um, this was an odd old game, wasn't it? Like <laughs> Liverpool did nothing for probably half an hour or so other than gift Brighton a goal when McAllister just stood just stood waited got dispossessed Allison Allison just stood just stood waited got ball passed past him um, uh, and then and then the instance happened where Brighton sort of decided to try one pass too many and not only gave the ball away hauked down Mo Salah um, I suppose the instance here is, was this a red card for Gross? I think he was a bit lucky because I, I think the, the double jeopardy thing only applies if you've made an attempt for the ball and given away a penalty to deny goal scoring opportunity. And I don't think even the most ardent Brighton fan could claim that he was making a genuine attempt for the ball in that situation. Like I, I think he... I think he got away with one there, personally. I can't believe he didn't even get booked. <laughs> yeah. it, it's the most cynical of fouls. Like he's got only one intention, which is to stop him scoring. Um, I, I don't understand how he how he didn't get more of a punishment. Chris, you? I, I, I'm going to be completely honest. I have no idea what you're talking about, and I rem- I've seen this game. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> uh, I think it's it's Hungarian lad um, takes the ball off. 
some Brighton idiot. And Pascal Gross tries to make amends by like well, basically grabbing a shirt and pulling it to the floor. Oh no, no, I definitely don't, don't remember. No. All I remember from this game is um, the, the the goal where Salah screams at Harvey Elliott. <laughs> ah, well, well, I'll tell you what, he, he was <laughs> which, right. Which, which in the end worked out really well for him. He was right to do it. That, that wouldn't have been the, if that had been the other way around. That wouldn't have happened. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> hey, yeah, no, I, I, I don't remember Liverpool's um, like the, the penalty. Oh, all right. Well. Um, the second goal, as you say, was 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 that the second goal? One of the goals happened. Uh, that was, was, was the second goal, goal wasn't it? Yeah. The first goal was Harvey Elliott screaming at Mo Salah. No, other way around. Either way, God, what a game! <laughs> um, uh, and then Brighton managed to equalise later on to Lewis Dunk from a free kick where Andy Robertson thought I could clear this, or I could not clear it, and he chose not to. <laughs> Um, bit strange. Uh, any conclusions on this side? Um, I, I, I thought it was an entertaining game. Probably fair result. Both teams miss absolute sitters uh, to win it. Um, the, mm. the grab, grab them back, is it? Um, yeah. yeah, he missed at the far post. Yeah, he? and then Jal Pedro later on. Uh, the only the other thing that I took away was there's a, just a couple more new Brighton players that I'd never heard of before that look to be pretty good young players from some country in the middle of nowhere. That <laughs> are Dinger and uh, Belabin midfield. I thought, I've not seen these two before. This <laughs> is the Brighton League of Nations conveyor belt of players. Well, I knew a Dinger from the pre-season games when... Well, you probably played them as well, did you? But we played Brighton in pre-season, and there he was. Um, but Leber, never heard of him before, but there he was. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was surprised um, Solly March at left-back wasn't um, more of a disaster than it really should have been, because um, he's not a left-back and he's playing against Moe Salah, but seemed to get away with for the most part. He's having a great season, though, isn't he, Solly March? He just... Always seems to put in a performance, like uh, despite not being very good. It's like a fine wine, isn't it? it just gets better all the time. <laughs> um, yeah, a draw, for probably fair as well, but didn't help either team particularly. Um, so, should we do your game? Wolves one, Villa one. Wasn't on telly over here, so. Yeah. Before um, we do, sorry, before we yeah. do this, can I, can I ask one question? You yeah. sure can. I'm quite old and I'm not really up to date with social media and so far. There was a lot of talk in the midweek about people saying Liverpool versus Brighton wasn't on TV. And I'm guessing it was people making a joke about it because clearly it was on TV. I don't understand the joke. Uh, <laughs> You've lost, <laughs> You've lost yeah, me. Okay, so it's not just me. I feel a bit better now, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, our game... To be fair, before the match, I was thinking I'd probably take a draw just because we don't have a good record at Wolves. Um, God knows why, but we, we, we seem to really struggle there over, over recent years. I mean, the game itself, it, it wasn't wasn't the best of games, I didn't think, really. Um, you know, obviously, the goal that we conceded, poor from our point of view, start with Louise being... You know, a bit too hesitant and complacent, losing the ball. And then, obviously, they break away. Neto is, is a really good player. Did pal Torres for pace, which, you know, that, that is one of... You know, Torres has, has been very good and has got a lot of strengths, but when he gets isolated one-on-one out wide against quick players, he, he does seem to struggle. And, obviously, they, they you know, go 1-0 up and 
what I, what I, did, I must say I did enjoy was because obviously we scored pretty much straight away. Their uh, their fans were you know singing their their little songs about Villa that all the other teams in the West Midlands love to sing about us. And we we scored as they were halfway through a rendition of it. Torres sort of making up for that error, getting his goal, and then we kind of at eleven v eleven. It, I don't think there was an awful lot in the game. You know, both teams kind of had sort of half-decent chances. Um, Neto missed a, a pretty good one for them, to be fair. Sort of panicked a bit in front of the goal and blazed it over. And then once they went down to 10 men in the 12 minutes of stoppage time, which was ridiculous, but we, we sort of tried to turn it on a little bit. Um, obviously, the very last second of the game, Watkins hits the post possibly could have done better than the crosses maybe just slightly behind him but the big one for me is the penalty that wasn't given i i it it wasn't a massive shove but for me he clearly pushes watkins in the back as he's about to shoot and knocks him off balance i i, I don't see how that's not given as a penalty if that if Watkins does that to Doherty as he's clearing the ball away in the area, 100% he gets a free kick for it. So I don't really understand why it's not a foul given the other way. Um, so I, I think we, we were lucky not to have got a penalty with that one. As I say, before the game, I'd have taken the points. You know, since the last international break to this one in the league, we've won three games and, and drawn one. So that's a pretty decent return. Um, so yeah, I'd, you know, probably a fair result, reasonably happy. As I say, we, we normally lose at Molyneux, but it was with Brighton and Liverpool drawing, and see the game will come on to you next with yourselves dropping, you know, the teams around us who dropped points. It was an opportunity to, to you know, jump above a couple of teams in, in the table, but all in all, I, I can't really be disappointed. The, the only one thing I would say is after the game, Gary O'Neill made what I thought was a bit of an odd comment where he, he talked about how much uh, Villa spent on their team and how they did well to match them. And I, I was, when I heard that, I was thinking to myself, the reason Wolves weren't able to spend any money this summer is because they spent the last few years spending so much money that they're falling foul of FFP. So it's not like, you know, they've put that team together on a shoestring budget. Um, so yeah, I thought that was an odd comment, but to say probably probably a fair result although we we did have opportunities to nick it and i, I think we should have had a penalty mm, well um yeah i mean i think gary was doing a reasonable job here i mean he obviously did mm. a good job of bomb i think it's fair to say especially when you see how they're doing without him um and i think a lot of people thought he was going into a hiding, hiding for nothing at wolves because uh they were well, they were a bit of a mess to start the season they're starting to pull themselves together a bit and be at least, you know, competent, compact, and in Pedro Neto, they've got a real game-changer if, if he's on his game. Um, I'm sure they would probably have taken the point as well, given how good Villa have been um, over the last, well, since Emery came in, basically. You know, it hasn't really been many, many, many down spots for his. Um Chris, do you see any of these incidents? The size? Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, uh, I saw the penalty, the penalty show. I'm pretty sure it should have been a penalty. I think it's only because the uh, Watkins gets his shot away, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. but I mean, he gets his shot away off balance into the yeah. side netting. You know, if he's if he's not pushed, 
there's a good chance he scores that one. Yeah. It's the target. It's, I, I think it, it's they, one of them. Really pissed me off those ones. So. Yeah, I think it's one of them. It's like it's not it's not given. VAR are like, yep, yeah, we'll stick with that decision. Yeah. But I think if it had have been given, they just stuck, they'd have also stuck with the on-field decision. Yeah. One of those. It didn't. I'm pretty sure there was an incident where Walsh had a penalty as well. It's, yeah, that that one wasn't as not obvious. quite as obvious. Yeah. Yeah, but. it was it was one that you can't. You'd be pissed off if it was given against you, but you'd want it if it was for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, just one of those. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I think it was. A, I think it was a good result for Wolves. Definitely. Um, you know, uh, Villa would say we know that, uh, you know, everyone knows that, you know, since Emery came in, their form has been like, what, second or third in the country? Um, you know, so, you know, I think I think Emery's now taken charge of 38. Was it you guys who were talking about last week? He's taken yeah. Charge of 38 games now and they'd have been second in the league. If that yeah, happened. and I, I think this in Phenomenal, 2023 yeah. it's only Man City that have taken more points yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely phenomenal but but then at the same time your away record's been a bit weird so your home record's great isn't it like 10 in a row yeah you're, you're, I think your away record's been a bit off as well. so, so when we say it's a good result for you guys as well I can kind of see where you're coming from but yeah but, and uh, you know we're, we're going into international break eight games in sitting fifth with you know an average of two points per game yeah, obviously, as the season goes on, we've still got Europe to, to contend with, so you know that that may drop off. But it's uh, you know, at the moment, I've, there's no reason for me to complain whatsoever. Yeah, yeah it's, re- it's really good. And I say, I, I, I also echo the, the fact that yeah, I think Gary Nelson done a great job at Wolves, considering everything. They're you know they're playing some good football. They don't score enough goals, mm. which is going to be their undoing. I think. I think there's been multiple games now where you could, we could all sit here and say that Wolves have been the better team and should have got more out of it. Like obviously the Man United game at the start. Um, but then again, you know, they they dropped points to Luton a few weeks ago, but then they beat Man City last week. It's, you know, it's weird. I thought it was really strange as well. Last weekend, I was listening to a few podcasts before the before last weekend's games, and there were quite a few pundits picking Wolves to win or, or to get a draw against Man City last week. I'm thinking, what? That's not, what are you talking about? Like, don't get to say, Wolves are playing some good football, but like, you know, they again, they don't score enough goals. And, and, and then they won, and I was like, what is going on? Something weird is going on, like... You know, but, like, I've been in some kind of coma where, like, I've travelled in time and oh, whatever, yeah, it's so weird. But, yeah, no, I thought it was a good game. Um, yeah, pretty even. And I think both teams will be happy. Yeah, I think considering Wolves had maybe three shots to Man City's 25, 1-1-2-1, <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not sure they really sort of outplayed them, but, hey, they got the result. Um, for the ultimate game of this review, uh, so... West Ham United draw 2-2 with Newcastle United um, in a topsy-turvy encounter. Um, Newcastle um, had to come from behind uh, to eventually go 2-1 up and then the day was ruined in the final minutes by Kudus who stepped off the bench to equalise. Before the game I'd definitely taken a point after I watched us play PSG on Wednesday and thought these lads are shagged out we'd played high intensity match against very good opposition for well 90 minutes um obviously we had four, three or four days in between in between matches but it was never going to be an all-star performance i was carrying a few knocks and things i thought well let's just get through this one and hope for the best um it certainly looked that way for the first half we were poor bruno was very fortunate not to get sent off um oh, gotcha. it, 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 
it's, it's the most second of yellows you'll ever see. Well, maybe it's not. We'll come on to that. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, probably not. <laughs> um, uh, but whatever happened at half-time reinvigorated us. Um, Alexander Isak proved his worth with really good sort of instinct to finish for the first one. Second goal is a, is a great move. Um, Bruno over the top, trip your first time across the box, and then Isaac taps in um, to make it 2-1, and you think, well, we've got away with this one, but then, what do you want to call it, either tiredness or maybe maybe West Ham just deserved a point, but either way, Caduce, um good goal. Um, looked like a looked like a bag of uh, bag of tricks when he came on. Um, took a goal well, would be disappointed um, to give that away during the dying seconds, but would have taken the point before the game. Shame how it transpired, but can't really be too vexed with a point away. It's looking like a very good West Ham team now. Um, did you see this? Have any comment about it? Um, yeah, I thought, I'll give you West Ham, I thought that they might have had a bit of a struggle this season, but they, they seem to have to started it you know, pretty well, to be fair. Um, I thought, I agree with you, I think Bruno was very fortunate to, to still be on the pitch. And I think the your first goal, the free kick, I, I thought I, that that wasn't the free kick for me. If anything, I thought Piquetta was probably being fouled by Tonali. So Newcastle, bit bit of good fortune, like a couple of points in this game. Um, but once you did get, you know, once the free kick's given, West Ham can obviously defend it better. So, you, you know, you can't can't completely put it all on, on that decision. Um, yeah, like you said, once you went 2-1 up, I, I kind of thought you'd go on to win it. Obviously, Isaac had the chance for the hat-trick. Um, you know, that goes in, obviously, it's game over. And I don't know about you, I, I think Kudis took his goal well, but I possibly think Pope could have done a bit better with it. Like, I, I don't know. I, 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 thought he, I thought he went in a bit too easily for myself. Uh, I think... When you hit a shot quite clean like that through bodies, it's asking you've got to be razor sharp. And I mean, Pope didn't have the best game anyway. Obviously, the first goal was largely his fault. Um, I think he's expecting that ball to bounce, whereas Emerson actually took a really good touch and obviously went round him. So yeah, um, I think. I mean, I think it's probably because Pope is, you know, I I really really rate him. So maybe maybe I've just been a bit harsh because I had really high sort of expectations of a keeper of that quality. No, it's probably fair. Well, any goal from distance, you're always looking at your keeper first and foremost and saying, you know, could he have done better? Um, but he's not, like, he's not scuffed it. It's, it's a fairly clean hit. So, yeah, you've got to be, like, almost fortunate as a keeper to be moving in the right direction for that or else you're not going to get down in time. Um, and as it's got, oh, he got nowhere near it, really, let's be honest. So, um, no complaints from me, but um, I say the first goal absolutely should have done a lot better. Um, he hasn't maybe been as good as he was since the red card, actually, um, which was back in February now. But he's had some iffy moments since then. Whether they're all connected or not, I don't know. It's a confidence thing. Um, who knows? But uh, he's still a very good shot stopper. Um, oh yeah. We're better for having him, put it that way. Um, but also, you know, in years to come, I'm sure he will be upgraded with someone who is a bit more confident with their feet, shall we say. Yeah. 
I want to see what Eddie Howe said to them at the at half time because it's it's come out that he, he didn't. I think he's like said in an interview that Eddie Howe laid into them at half time because they were quite poor. Um, and I just can't imagine Eddie Howe doing that. I, I, haven't, I, haven't, say that. I haven't seen the Newcastle documentary yet on Amazon. Um, and for some, why is that only three episodes? I think it's four. I think it's four. It's four, but I mean, it's, it's but all not... the others have been like longer, haven't they? Like the Arsenal one was quite long. And yeah. City one. I, I don't know. I, I think um, I know it was a bit rushed. I mean, it felt rushed watching it because, like, I won't spoil it for you, but we finished fourth in the end. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, the, obviously, it's going through the season, and then the last episode, all of a sudden, like, twelve games happen in about three minutes. It's like, oh, oh nice. so it's, it's like it uses Ted Lasso time. A bit like that, I was. Yeah, no, no Chris and Ted Lasso, it's amazing. No, it's the best show ever. Um, so I'm, I, want, I'm, I, want, I want to see Eddie Howe lose it. Well, on the documentary, on the when you hear him swear, it doesn't sound right. It sounds really forced. It's, like a, it's not... Uh, it's like, like in the Tottenham moment, you hear Harry Kane swearing. Ah, it's a bit like that, yeah. Um, shall we do the big game and let Chris go loose on this? Um <laughs> Right, strap on in. Strap on in. Final game of the weekend. Uh, Arsenal won Manchester City nil. Um, a real it was a watershed moment, really, because Man City don't often lose um, to Arsenal. Was this the first attempt in 12 uh, here before the game well, or something? 12 league games. 12 league games, sorry. We beat them in the Community Shield a couple of times and we've beaten them in the Cup. Ah, right, good. Um, but big win for Arteta against um, Pep. Um, first and foremost, Man City made this match as dull as they possibly could. I'm so pleased they lost because, my Christ, like you shouldn't be allowed to assemble squads that cost this much money and play so many, <laughs> so many backwards well, that's passes. What that's what they've been like for ages. Like it, it's, I think we we said it a few weeks ago. Like, um, you know, when you have these teams who, uh, you know, win everything and stuff, you don't mind sometimes if they're playing really attractive football, you know, and, and sweeping sides apart. But they don't. They're just robotic. Mm. And I, I heard mm. someone say the other week, actually, like about art, because obviously Arsenal get the whole, um, the whole like, oh, you've got to take the emotion out of it because Arsenal are too emotional. And that's probably one of the reasons why Aaron Ramsdale's not playing at the moment, because obviously he's a very emotion driven player and everything. Um, but Man City take that to the nth degree. Like, like, but you know they've got a robot up front. You know, unfortunately, he didn't play on Sunday. So <laughs> obviously, pe- people will say, oh, "Oh, we only beat them because Rodri was suspended and De Bruyne was injured and uh, and all of that." But, but, but yeah, no, I know what you mean. Like, yeah, they are. Man City are criminally boring to watch, which is, <laughs> which is a shame because they've got an amazing team. Like, oh, is Jack Grealish? Is he injured? Uh, he, he was on the bench. I think he's only yeah, just thought, sort of recently okay. come back from it. Because usually he does quite well against us. Yeah, um, I, was, I was thinking I was that really, myself, I was, Yeah, I was really surprised when he didn't play. Um, when I saw the lineup and saw that Saka wasn't playing, I'll be honest, I, I was a little bit worried because I think that's where we're going to get... I thought we'd get our, our most success, especially when they... Um, who did they pop in at left-back this time? Oh, um, Oh, Vardio, Vardio, Vardio yeah. And then to be fair, he got ripped apart by Gabriel Jesus' half his size, um, <laughs> which which was really strange to see Jesus chesting balls out of the air over over the top of him. Um, but yeah, a watershed moment is probably the right thing. It's the sort of, sort of result that you know puts a bit of belief into the into the team. It, it wasn't a smash and grab win at all. I did see people saying it was a smash and grab. No, win. it was a late goal, but you absolutely deserved it in my opinion. Um, We've been better than them in the last two 
No, maybe not the last two league games. Not the last one that we lost 4-1. I think we mm. were better than for most of that game. But then as soon as they turned it on, we were, we were gone. Uh, I think in the game before was it, the Emirates. Was it, was it the one at the, uh, maybe the, the last had, minute? Where um, Tommy Asu gave a goal away by just... Did he... Uh, the one where, the one where Rodri scored in the last minute. You've lost a lot of games anyway. I lose track. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah I, I say I think we've been, we've been quite equal to them, but yeah, we were we were we were better than them mm. by far. Still, yeah, I mean they were very poor. Um, going to cover a few things. First of all, the coveted red card, right? Oh God! How is this? An, it was an orange card day. Oh, yeah. um, And it was worthy of one point five yellows. Apparently, <sighs> these are these are now things in football. Apparently, right? Great. <laughs> so. I'm probably answering my first question is should it have been a straight red for the first one? Chris, I'm guessing you're a yes. Yeah, well, yeah, to be fair. But mm-hmm. I don't think it was a good tackle at all. He no, I don't. Above, above the ball. And it wasn't like I, I think that Curtis Jones, his one last week was a red card. I don't care that he slipped over the ball. His foot was high. He was out of control. Um, but I think this was worse. Yes, I'd say this was worse than Jones's. Um, Sai, for you? Um. Had, had they been given a red, I wouldn't have thought it was an outrageous decision. But I, equally, I'm I'm not as sort of adamant that it should have been a red. Like, I, it's one of those you've seen them given. It it, it could yeah. have gone either way, and he yeah. got fortunate with that and should should have taken that good fortune on board. Yeah. I wasn't annoyed that he didn't get sent off, but if he had been sent off, I, I wouldn't have I, I would have not listened to any arguments that he was. Yeah. So with that in mind, and you got a yellow card. <laughs> How? What was he thinking? How has he survived the second yellow card offence? I have no oh. idea. Yeah, I think he could have got three yellow cards <laughs> in the game, like, at, at least, like he, for persist, persist, being a persistent pain. But yeah, the second one, yeah, I, I, I don't get it. Consid- and you know, the, it used to be you, you'd say, and it's still you still hear people say it that oh, he's just got a yellow card. If he gets another like slightly iffy tackle within the next ten minutes or so, um, he'll, you know they they generally let it go and just be like, come on, calm down or whatever. And I don't I don't remember the exact times between them, but it didn't feel like there was very much. Um, but w- this season we've seen players and last season we've seen players dismissed within seconds mm. of, of getting cards. Like you know, I, I, I I don't get it, and I, I think you could tell by how Michael Oliver was. Like he signaled, he wasn't signaling to the players. He was signaling to the crowd straight <laughs> away that he's not, he's not doing anything about it. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, like normally with, with those instances where you know someone gets a yellow card, they, you know, they may get one more sort of warning. But that, that's if it's like a, a little niggly challenge, not, yeah. not, not, not another awful, awful challenge like that. It's, yeah. yeah, that was. There's really no excuse for that. That was bizarre. Um, what I also find bizarre is that Man City obviously are missing Rodri and uh, Calvin Phillips has, has been on the books for a while now. And uh, how do you think he feels when Rico Lewis gets the nod ahead of him um, and only to be replaced by John Stones after 68 minutes in that centre midfield spot? Well, to be fair, John Stones was brilliant in that position last season. Uh, in the Champions League final, he was man of the match um, playing that position. But I, I said at the beginning of the season, like, how, how, how is he going to feel? Yeah, when anyone plays in front of him. Well, that's it. Like, what's Calvo's future now? Like, he, he cannot I don't, get I don't in. Think the, he, cares. he cannot get in this team when Rodri's fit. 
and available. And when Roddy's not available, he can't get in this team for... I, I think it's the Danny Drinkwater situation. He does not care. Yeah. As long as he's still got his, his spot in the England squads, which he has no business being in. I mean, there's a few people, but fall into that category, yeah, I, I don't think he will care, will he? Yeah, he, he has openly turned down transfers. Hmm. It, it's not a case of Man City turning down positions. Well. Pep Guardiola has criticised him openly multiple times. So you cannot fail to think that if a decent offer was put in for him, that Man City would entertain it because they definitely would. And he's the one that came out this season when he was speculation linking him with, uh, I think Liverpool he was quite heavily linked with. I think at one point like Spurs and Chelsea were looking at him because he's a very good player. He is a very good player, but but for whatever reason he just he's just not bothered. He's just like you know what I'm earning a good wage here. I don't. I, he, he generally does not care about the game. That's my impression. Hmm. Well, maybe you're right. But uh, either way, he he remained on the bench. Um, and Man City had nothing. Uh, the Arsenal goal. Massive deflection, obviously, but um, Martinelli made a difference when he came on. He had a bit more impetus than, than Trossard had. Yeah, uh, yeah. I say Trossard went off with a hamstring injury again, like which is a bit concerning. Um, but yeah, perfect timing for Martinelli to come back. Um, apparently, the physios at the club weren't happy about the decision to include him in the squad. He insisted that he would be back for this game and insisted on Friday. Apparently, that he was he was ready to be involved. Uh, and yeah, we're, we're a different team without him. Uh, even with Saka in the side, we're, we are a little bit different without him. Uh, yeah, he came on and changed, you know, changed the game. Fair play to Arteta for taking that risk because he didn't have to. But it's, it's exactly, you know, you, you take, he made a big gamble bringing him on, um, and it, it paid dividends. And in fact, you say all to see all four substitutes uh, combined for the goal as well. I was absolutely delighted for Kai Havertz um, to be involved because this was the sort of game that we signed him for to have that physical threat up front. Like when the ball, you know, when we can play a ball in, and he, you know, Man City play with four centre backs across the back, kind of like how we do once Tommy Asu comes on, you know, and you've got to have somebody big and physical, and like we don't have like a, that sort of striker or anything like that. Kai Havertz is, I know a lot of people don't realise it because of the way he is, he's quite lapsidaisical on the on the pitch and whatever, but he's like six foot four, you know, so yeah, he, yeah. he's he's quite good at you know getting the ball and knocking it, you know, playing knock-ons and he's he doesn't get the credit for how well he's done since he's been with us because people are looking at him. He's a sixty-five million pound player. They want to see him, you know, winning tackles in midfield and making runs and scoring goals and you know hitting the bar from twenty yards and stuff. Like there are some Arsenal fans who actually believe that Declan Rice hasn't been very good for us so far. I <laughs> thought he was excellent. Yes, he was. Yeah, incredible. he was. He's, yeah. been, he's been man of the match in his last four games. I'm pretty sure. Um, <laughs> but there are Arsenal fans because he's not, you know, banging in goals and he's not taking shots from twenty yards and all this. They they don't see the defensive. <laughs> they they forget all the defensive work. Um, and you know, Kai Havertz is doing that, doing some of that dirty work as well. And to see him get the the knock on for. Um, Martinelli's goal was, was 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 brilliant. I think that after his goal last week as well, I think that'll be a, a big moment for him. But yeah, Declan Rice absolutely next level. Um, I think he's a, a signing like that that is really going to make a big difference for us. Like we have faced the fewest shots in the league apart from one other club. I, I think it might be Man City. Only Man City have um, had fewer shots against us. Uh, Saliba played the game injured and pocketed um, the best striker in the world. Um, literally didn't look out, out of pace at all. And it's the second time he's done it. 
when when he played he didn't play against Man City the last game where they battered us, but he did play in the in, in the, the first game last season, uh, the one that was rearranged where they um, where Haaland didn't really have a sniff in that game for most of it. I think he still scored in the end though. Um, but it's it's only the second time he hasn't had a shot in a game. Uh, and the only other time he's, that has happened was in the Community Shield against us as well. Nice. When again, Saliba pocketed him. Um, but yeah, that, that whole back, um, you know, the back four were great. But Ben White, how he's not in the England team. I think only Carl Walker, he's probably better than him. Uh, and to be fair, Carl Walker was probably the only Man City player I thought had a good game yesterday. Yeah, Man City were incredibly poor going forward. They weren't bad defensively. But uh, what do we make of Haaland's lack of form is it has it been worked out is it just I, I think he's still got like seven goals in eight games though. well yeah but he he's barely had a touch in recent weeks I mean if you look at even the West Ham game where he scored he missed I think it was five big chances scored one um, Wolves Craig Dawson pocketed him um, he didn't have a sniff um, is it just you know teams have worked out how to stop you know, Alvarez and Ford and etc. and therefore he's not getting the ball, or is, is it something he's doing wrong, or what, where do you think the, the problem lies here, if there is even a problem? Um, I, I, I think probably missing not having De Bruyne, De Bruyne on the pitch as well, because I mean, I, I think, you know, from what I've seen, Harlan, he's still kind of making the runs that he sort of usually makes, but there's just not that, there's not that person in that deep midfield position who's able to pick passes out that no one else can even see, let alone, you know, actually execute. So I think that's, I mean, that there might be an element of that to it, that, you know, the, he's missing his sort of supply line. Cause he's not, he's not the type of player who is going to create chances for himself, is he? No, he's definitely not that type of player. Um, I mean, it was sort of Alvarez who's been playing the De Bruyne role, but um, seems to have, Dried up a little bit as a, as a supply line recently. Obviously, as you say, Grealish as well hasn't mm. hasn't featured regularly for a little while. Um, he was on the bench and unused. Um, Doku got twenty minutes. Um, Nunes got twenty minutes. Um, bit of a surprise to see City so toothless, though. I mean, normally if you beat City, you've got to you know your goalkeeper's got to play well or you know whatever, but. Is that all down to Arsenal, or is there just is this not right for City at the moment? I don't know. I say I think I think we were really good, and to be fair, most teams. We've how David Raya was in the first half. He was. I expected him to be subbed off, especially after all of our <laughs> talks a few weeks ago about like there's been times when I wanted to sub the goalkeeper. You could tell Raya was not coping for for whatever reason. He, he just wasn't coping, and I don't think anyone would have moaned if it, if it had taken him off. But you'd think. That even even the likes of Sheffield United and your Lutons, they would smell blood there, and they'd be like, "Let's have a go at him, you know. Let's let's give him something to think about. Let's throw a couple of crosses in. Let's try and get a few corners or a few free kicks ar- around their box." But there was not there was none of that. Like, and I'm I'm sitting there like if I'm seeing a goalkeeper doing that, and I'm the manager, I don't care what my game plan is. I'm thinking, get at him, get at him because he's not settled. You know, let, let's really take advantage of that. Pep's supposed to be this the tactical, you know, magician and whatever, and he, you know, he's done very good things for the game and whatever. But yeah, there was, there was none of, absolutely none of that. Um, you know, yeah, I, I don't get it. You know, they put, um, yeah, Rico Lewis played in um, the holding role, didn't he? And um, 
Bernardo Silva was sat deep up for, for a while as well, and he's probably one of their most creative players out of the players they had. They put Alvarez out wide, which, you know, I don't think he's... He, he's a great player, he, you know, he, and it's good to see him get some game time because he's not going to get it in his preferred position, unfortunately. Uh, but I think he's done really well in the hole when he's been playing in the hole mm. up until recently. So, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not quite sure what it is. You know, they've lost three domestic games in a row now, Man City, which I think yeah. is the first first time under Pep that that's happened. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. You know, okay, yeah, Roger was suspended. De Bruyne is out for the, but, but they're saying now for the season apparently. Um, but, really? But they, yeah, there's been some rumours going around that he might be out for the season. But I don't know if that's just because Mikel Arteta made a joke about it at the weekend. Um, but, yeah, that's that, that, they, they've still got more than enough in that squad um, to, beat, to beat anybody, to be fair. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think it just shows that, the, you know, Man City usually drop a few dodgy points over the season. Um, but never, I've never seen them in a performance like this where they've looked so toothless. And I... I, I you know, I'm, I don't. Want, I'm not sitting here saying that Man City was terrible and, and Arsenal only won because of that. Because I think I say I think we were exceptional. Um, it was somebody on a podcast I was listening to today um, who is a just stats for um, European football. Um, Arsenal have got the best defensive line in the in Europe at the moment, uh, and, and they are rated on some scale as the best off the ball team. In, in European football at the moment, which is insane because we're generally known for our attacking football, which we have been for the last few seasons. And I think that shows like how the signing of one Declan Rice, who is well known for being very good off the ball. Um, Jorginho coming in, you know, there was a few eyes raised when Jorginho came in, but I think he's perfect for this type of picture as well. Um, and obviously Saliba and Gabriel at the back, Ben White. Zinchenko, uh, his defensive efforts have, have been brilliant this season. Um and I, I, can, I, considering I think we played with Eddie Nketiah, who was practically useless in the game yesterday. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think if we, if we had an actual proper, if we had an Erling Haaland or something like that, we would have absolutely walked that game yesterday. <laughs> you know, what I thought was really useless yesterday for you, um, Martin Odegaard. <laughs> I love him as a player, but I don't know what it was yesterday. Every time he tried to shoot. He just got yeah. right under the ball. <laughs> like, yeah, he, he's had he's had a couple a, a couple of uh, quiet games, but yesterday there were a few occasions where his frustrations with Eddie were showing because, and I, I think he has struggled in the last couple of games when Eddie's played through the mm. middle because Eddie's a, Ed, Eddie yesterday. I don't know what it was. He just he wasn't closing players down as much as he usually does because that's the one strength of his game. Um, but Odegaard was laying into him a few times yesterday, and obviously if Odegaard is great at you know, picking a pass and, you know, he'll play a pass when one can't be made. He's not He's not the sort of player who's going to run at four massive centre-backs, which yeah. is what Man City play with. Um, so he's always going to he's always going to be neutralised in that if he hasn't got the right players around him. And, yeah, not having Saka around him to, to make those runs as well, um, it, it, it does it does neutralise him a bit. It was the same in uh, midweek after Saka went off. Um, Odegaard just, he, he did look a little, he just looks a bit out of yeah. it. He's still there making all that, like, orchestrating the play as, as captain but he doesn't look as effective there was one bit where um um i can't remember what the path of the player was but like it went back to Odegaard and enketi was offside and you could see like everybody shouting at enketi to get, mm-hmm. out the, uh, get out of the way yeah. and he just he just took the ball and was flagged offside i was like ah you idiot 
yeah. <laughs> I, I do like Eddie Nketiah. Like, I think he's a good squad player. He'll he'll be he'll be good like in the in games here and there. He'd be he'd be better suited to like a team like your Brentford, your Crystal Palaces, uh, or something like that. I just think for the type of football we play, he's 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 not quite you know what we're looking for. Um, and I do really think that will be that will be our next big signing. Our next big signing will be a striker. You know, with obviously the Tony rumours uh, are pretty rife at the moment. Um, I'm not sure. I'm, I think he'd be all right because um, we do need somebody who's going to sit in the box basically and cause trouble. Because I think uh, Jesus was a, a great replacement for Saka on the right. Um, you know, I think he played really well. They so say he, he kept Gavardiol um, busy throughout the whole game, which is you know no easy task. Um, you know, so I think if we do get someone to play through the middle more, we'll, we'll do even more damage. And obviously, we've got the confidence of this result now because it's a big monkey off our back. Well, there we have it. That's the weekend reviewed. Um, it isn't a national break. Now, when we come back, just to whet your appetite for the next time you'll hear us, we'll be talking about Liverpool v Everton in the Merseyside derby. Uh, Man City versus Brighton, that should be easy on the eye. Um, Chelsea v Arsenal, um, potential. Um, your Super Sunday is one game and one game only, which is Aston Villa versus West Ham. So, Battle of the Clarets. Battle of the Clarets. That won't be bad, will it? Um, Tottenham versus Fulham is your Monday night fair. Um, the Mighty Mags have got Crystal Palace. Um, the Unmighty Cherries have got Wolves. Um, we'll talk about Brentford Burnley. Uh, and the big one, Saturday three o'clock, is of course Nottingham Forest versus Luton Town. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be getting my IPTV ready for that. How's oh, not been selected for Super Sunday? I just do not know. Um, also, uh, a Saturday night football: Sheffield uh, United versus Man United. Oh God! Would, would it have killed them to put that on? Oh, one of the Man United must have Champions League on the Tuesday or something. Like, would it have killed them to put that at half one on the Sunday? But maybe, maybe the Champions League draws. Well, just that. not put that on TV. Or not yes. put on TV. That's, a, that's also an option, of course. Yes. Um, well, we'll see how that pans out in two short weeks, gentlemen. Thank you as ever for your company. Um, Sai, where can people find you? Uh, it's just on Twitter, it's at Sire Regan and the Hulkcast podcast and the website 7500tohulks.com. Lovely stuff. And Chris, where can people... You can find me moaning about life on Twitter because I'm not calling that other thing because that's stupid. <laughs> or on any of all the other things that are uh, that aren't like Blue Sky or Freds or anything. Uh, XIX Blue Wolf XIX. Lovely stuff, thank you. You can find the show on X, Twitter, Instagram other stuff uh, at man on the post uh, please remember to subscribe on whatever you listen to podcast on and you'll get us in your little news feed every time we record don't forget, don't forget to share your stuff dave oh yeah and my stuff you can find on uh twitter x uh, at cm9798 uh, and the website is cm9798.co.uk also the youtube channel will be back in action very soon um playing some more old school pairs uh, that's cm9798 players and we'll see you over there during the national break uh, right lads you go and enjoy your half term and uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll speak again in two weeks uh, where we'll compare notes and I don't know talk about football I suppose um, <laughs> thanks for listening and always remember to keep your man on the post